are you playing? Hello, and welcome to What the Bleep Are You Playing? A podcast where we play a game many times bad and tell you why the bleep we played it. I am Bullet Time Sean. This is Action Movie Thomas and Dual Wielding Mason. And we played... I would have accepted, uh, and here's Mason. Doves appear when he walks in the room. <laughs> no. Doves only appear if you're wearing a long-ass coat at the same time. <laughs> and it's just blowing in the wind. You can't tell. This is a John Woo game. This, this is, is a John, yeah, John Woo game. Back, uh, back before we had people like Guillermo del Toro and, more recently, John Carpenter working on video games, we had uh, John Woo, and uh, when, when did this game come out? 2007. We had, yeah, in 2007, we had John Woo working on a game. Not to mention, it's not just a John Woo game. It's a John Woo game based on a character from a John Woo movie. Really? Yeah, yes. hard-boiled. Chow, Yun, Chow Yun's fat char- Chow Yun Fat's character, Inspector Tequila, the greatest name of any character in fiction, <laughs> is... Top tier. Is the main character of this game, and he was the main character in Hard Boiled. Wait, yeah. that was that was Chow. Yeah, it's oh, Chow yeah. Yun Fat. Chow Yun Fat. Damn. Not only th- not only modeled, but does his own voice in this game. Wow, that's really cool. It, it's pro- I think it's probably because the uh, the the only the only movie. Well, I, I know it's not the only movie that I've seen with him in it, but the one that I always recognize as him in it is uh, At World's End because hmm. he's the he's the, the uh, he's the, he's the Chinese pirate, pirate. Yeah. yeah he's the pirate king he's the disappointing pirate, character yeah. because it was based on the actual basically Chinese blackbeard and, and then he dies in it's the not that he dies first. in the in the movie this is a, a wonderful tangent here but it's not that he dies in the movie that always bothers me it's that this character could have been really interesting and his entire purpose is to just give Elizabeth Swan the pirate king right I have failed by not making any of the, either of these guys watch a John Woo movie. I mean, I've seen a lot of lot of John Woo films, I've but... O- I've only seen one, and it was Face Off. Face but Off, Hard Boiled, yeah. uh, Mission Impossible 2. That's right, he did do Mission Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Like he, he, I haven't seen Mission Impossible John Woo I is... I don't think John Woo is an, as appreciated as a director when he was directing films as he w- is now, because he is such... A unique style that yeah. I don't think like it's one of those you're like I don't think the world was ready for it <laughs> necessarily what John right. was doing and now I think if John Woo was making those films now people would be flipping out which, which is why I'm very excited for his comeback yes so, we'll talk about that probably at another time but uh, this game Stranglehold came out in 2007 was one of the last if not the last game developed by Midway Chicago. Is it is correct? the very last game developed by Midway Chicago. Hey, fr- uh, frequent uh, developer on the on the sh- on the show Midway. Yeah, well, it's even it's show. even Come more on, because this is Midway Chicago. And do you know do you know Midway Chicago's history? No, I don't. So Midway Chicago when Midway shut down became WB Games Chicago, which then after a year of being that became NetherRealm. Really? So these guys This this game is developed by the studio that is doing the Mortal Kombat games now. That's really interesting. So it wasn't just Midway, because Midway is a lot of things. So Midway Chicago did, like, the Blitz, the NFL Blitz series. Um, I think they did hit... I, I believe, didn't they... Didn't they did Blitz the League for the PlayStation 2, uh, and then they continued to see... Oh, obviously, Oversee, they were the Mortal Kombat series for Midway, and so they continued on that when they became NetherRealm. That's really interesting. So we've visited these guys before. They did Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Also, uh, I did I didn't want to uh, correct myself real, real quick. I have actually seen another John Woo movie. It was Wind Talkers. Oh, good. Have you guys uh, seen that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was another movie. I, I I watched that's that Nick Cage, right? That's the Nick yeah, Cage Nick one. Cage, yeah. Nick Cage about the Navajo Code Talkers. I so. actually have not seen that one. I'm a it's, failure. <laughs> It's actually re- it's it's actually really good. It's 
it's less of a stereotypical Nick Cage movie, but he gets a he has a great performance in it, I think. Yeah. So you've watched all of John Woo's movies with Nick Cage in them. Yes, all of two. <laughs> if Nick Cage is in it, Mason is there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a really interesting choice. Uh, Thomas, This is Thomas's game. Um, so I'm just going to let Thomas explain why he picked it. <laughs> Short and to the point, this is one of the most unique third-person shooters I've ever played. And you might be thinking, well, how is it unique? You know, Max Payne did bullet time and all that. Not and bullet time like this. <laughs> no, not bullet time like this. And, you know, well, Battlefield did destructible environments. But again, it's those two things combined. And just having that John Woo basically stamp of approval mm-hmm. that makes this game such a unique experience, you know. Yeah. Also, this will probably say I've made the monkey lizard brain joke several times on this podcast because I genuinely think I have that. <laughs> of that are brain worms. But this will probably be a revelation. Some of you, maybe not. John Woo is my favorite movie director. Oh yeah. Of all time. That does not surprise he, me. No, it doesn't. But it just just because there are several directors, you know, where you watch a movie and you can tell it's by them. Christopher Nolan, Zack Snyder, Wes Anderson but they all have uh, their like right. Yeah. They all have their traits. They all have, they their, all have ex- their traits. Unique style. And the Wachowskis, for example. The Wachowskis, yes. yes. And I, I feel like the Wachowskis took. I don't know if 100 percent there, but they definitely their kung fu esque the way they shot things definitely takes from some of the, uh, the Eastern uh, directors that we got, and yes. specifically John Woo, one of them. Yeah, John Woo, and it, John Woo is just one of those directors with the unique style that kind of appeals to me. Because John Woo, I think, is a very underappreciated director because he does have a lot of action in his movies. I'm not going to lie. But the way he uses action is, in a lot of movies, even movies I like, the action will just stop the story. Mm -hmm. Like, the action will just stop and it'll be like, oh, well, we got to have them punch each other for five minutes. And don't get me wrong, I do enjoy that. We do like the punchy-punchy here on the podcast. (laughs) But John Woo... The action is his dialogue, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm very, again, anticipating his upcoming movie, Silent Night, which has no dialogue. Mm -hmm. So Interesting. So, because John Woo, the action is what speaks in his movie. It's true. So... And uh, I think, you know, well, we will get to the game a little bit here in a second, but I think the element of a John Woo film that I really appreciate and I think audience appreciate now even more or would appreciate more is there is a polish to it. And in the 90s at times, especially the early 2000s, so some of the the things that like Mission Impossible gets, you know, ragged on a bit Mm -hmm. is because like everything is, you know, perfectly, you know, there's synchronized backflips and doves flying in the air and all these sort of things that, you know, we want more gritty, you know, and down to earth. But that's not John Woo's not telling those sort of stories. Some of those are he's telling them, and the the the, the way he frames things, the way uh, the choreography is done in his movies, is all telling a story of it. And that in in the Mission Impossible movie, yeah, it's going to look very polished because that's he's saying that's who Ethan Hunt is, mm-hmm. and like he uses the way he choreograph the way things are choreographed, the way things are the cinematography, the way things look in his films. To tell those stories often through what our main character is. The, John Woo often correlates the action to his main character. Mm-hmm. Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible 2, like you just brought up. You know, constant perfection. Inspector Tequila and Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled, he's very hard-hitting. He, he gets the job done, arguably, to a absurd degree. Uh, even some of his lesser-known movies, Ben Affleck and Payback... There's not a lot of action in that movie because Ben Affleck's just a desk clerk, but that works because that is the character. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's a good segue here, honestly, in that this isn't a. While this game is a very clean look to it, it has a ridiculous, chaotic nature to it. Absolutely. Wait. So, this is we. I don't. I feel like there's a lot of the a lot of the games that we play on the on this show. Even even the ones that I that I really like, we'll play we'll play them for the show. We'll do the episode. I'll, I'll I'll probably like go back and listen to the episode, and that's really the only time that I'll think about it. I never really want to go back and play the games that we've played already on this podcast, 
this one, if I could, I would I would love to keep playing this game because this this is probably this is one of I don't know I I hesitate to call it like the most fun game that we've played, but it's up there for sure. This game is a blast. This game is a freaking blast to play. So Thomas and I had a little bit of a uh, thought process before going into this. We, pre- <laughs> I, specifically me, predicting that this was going to be another Van Helsing and that Mason was going to be like, this game sucks and it's not fun. And then Thomas and I were like, it's got problems, but it's super fun. I did not expect this from Mason and I am very happy. I mean, okay, so, the, so there's there, there are one or two things from keeping it, from be, that keep it from being perfect. Oh yeah, from from uh, one of them, one of the big ones was the lack of like limiting the character movement to only eight directions, and the way that he like snaps into place. It's kind of similar to like uh, in Link's Awakening, where, where like when you move, he just kind of snaps into place. That was a little bit weird to get used to. It's it's trying to program for the bullet time. Yeah. I think some of it is, I found that the controls at times and everything was a little loot, like, because of the way they were, it felt looser than it needed to be. A uh, little Like, bit, it felt yeah. like that because they're trying to go for the bullet time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's why they programmed it that way. But I found myself a little frustrated at times with the controls because of that. Not that I thought the game was bad or that anything like that, but that, that was my, like, ugh. I would get frustrated. I'm like, because I'm already really bad at it doesn't matter if it's first or third person shooter. I'm really bad at shooters. I can't aim to save my life. So when you add that and have a little more herky jerky on the controls and it feels looser in that way, I'm not good at this game. Doesn't mean it isn't fun and because the, bullet time is so flippin' cool. And that's, and that's the thing. Even even though I do I do agree with you that the, uh, the the controls were a little bit looser and that when it and I did find that when I wasn't in bullet time it was a little bit harder to aim at people. But the thing is that. That bullet time really kind of evens it out in a way. What what is what do they call it? Tequila, in the game? tequila, te- tequila, tequila time. time I believe. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're in tequila time, it it that sort of that sort of evens it out. And the way and I I also really appreciated that like when you like move closer to like a table or something that you can like jump and do stunts on that it just does it automatically mm-hmm. and it isn't a button press because I feel like if I feel like if it was a button press I would keep forgetting to do it. So the way, so having it be like an automatic thing and how you flip, how you do it. One of my favorite moves that I found to be able to do things was that I would hit the back and I would jump back. I would yeah, leap yeah, backwards yeah. and move back with my two guns. Just boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was one that's in slow down. Uh, this game is fun as hell. It is. That's, it is that's, really, really. That's fun. the thing on it. Like I think the story is really cool and like I like a lot of what they're telling. But the the reason you're playing this game is because you want to run around and bullet time. Slow down everything and shoot people in the head. It also it also does one of my one of my absolute favorite things that games like this can do. Uh, other games that do similar things are like um, the Fallout games and Red. Or no, not Red Dead. Um, Sniper Elite, the Sniper Elite games, where when you where it it does a thing where if you if you push up push up on the D pad when you get it. The camera will zoom in, and you can you can aim at like a specific body part mm-hmm. and then shoot, and then the camera follows the bullet. I go nuts. I go nuts when games do stuff like that. I one of the things that this game absolutely is trying to give you is that cinematic experience Mm. of that. Whereas I know Thomas brought up there that Max Payne did bullet time before this. You know, did the the slow mo stuff things, but this. Max Payne doesn't feel like a movie while you're doing it. The entire yeah. time you're playing this, you're like, I'm the action hero of this movie, and I'm running through it. And th- there is a, even when you're getting hit, there's a feeling of invincibility in this game. Honestly. That honestly. exists. Yeah, this game's fire. Like, I'm obviously biased because I'm the one who picked it for this podcast, but it's just, it's one of those games where it's like, this game is dope as shit. <laughs> It, it it is really really fun, but and having having said that, like I said, there's still the, there are just a couple of things that like keep it from being absolutely perfect for me. I think. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. A so the, game. so like this is a this was a PS3 game. It it's not the worst looking game that we've played, and I think I think it's probably because since I've been playing on my Xbox One so much, I've been kind of spoiled with the type of type of graphics that. We, we have, have now. now that when mm-hmm. I go back to play like PS3 360 games, I'm like these don't look as good as I remember them. But that's probably just a a me thing. There's an element of a lot, ex- 
especially the PS3 and Xbox 360, where they made such humongous leaps in graphics at the time Mm. that we remember, oh my gosh, how great they were. But you forget how much the leaps have we've done since then sometimes. Uh, Because the the PS3 and Xbox 360 leaps were just massive from the PS2 and Xbox. And it's like, oh, I remember these graphics being better because of what we came from before. But a lot of it, yeah, we're looking back in a modern view and we're, you know... We've made massive, massive leaps since then. Yeah, yeah, Even obviously. though it doesn't always feel like we've made those massive leaps, it's when you go back and play and you're like, oh yeah, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. It, there are problems with this game. I'm not going to act like there are. The, the kind of herky-jerky movement, I'm okay with it, but that's also because I kind of accept that's part of the John Woo cinematic feel. Because not every bullet's gonna hit because mm-hmm. you kind of want that spray because collateral damage is a thing in this game and it's kind of fucking hilarious yeah. yeah and mason brought up the mason brought up the graphics so i'll bring up another presentation thing i love chow young fat yes the man mm-hmm. is fantastic great action star great actor Fantastic but actor, a, but he ain't a voice actor. He, yeah, <laughs> but, and the thing I think I think I saw somewhere that he also did the performance capture for this uh, game. I, I think, think he did the motion capture. I could be wrong. I know they at least like did that thing where they digitally put his face on. And it, I so. and I and I I feel like try, having to act through that that probably provided some difficulty. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, that's probably the case. So, so here's some interesting things on the graphics to go back onto that. This was going to be developed in the Unreal Engine 3. Mm-hmm. But the Unreal Engine 3 wasn't f- fully developed at that time. Oh. So they actually, they did use it, but they also used mechanics from an existing engine that Midway had uh, for the game PsyOps. Oh, which so, is, I haven't played it, but I hear that game rocks. Yeah, so. so that's how they made a lot of their prototype and their early mechanics for this game. I don't see if they did mocap or not. Uh, so uh, more more for just fun things. Uh, you know where they presented the trailer for this th- this uh, game? Uh, uh, was it was it in a, front of a movie? No, but it was an extra feature in Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Was oh, the first trailer. okay. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> all right then. This game also was uh, there was supposed to be a sequel to the game uh, mm-hmm. called it was called Gunrunner uh, when Midway went down. Uh, the game got canceled. Which was also supposed to be a sequel to another game. And the star from that game and Chow Yun-Fat were going to reprise their roles. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's going to be a John Woo, John Woo crossover type yeah. thing? Well, no. Guess who the other star was that who? he was supposed to be with? Vin Diesel. Oh, that would have been so cool! Because Vin oh, Diesel at this, because at this time, Vin Diesel had also starred in a Midway game called Wheelman. Which I also have. It's also fun. But it's it's one of those things that there was going to be a sequel that combined the two. That was going to be called Gunrunner. So. Oh, that would have been cool. There is some gameplay out there that you can see. So so not in the same way as say like uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, which definitely you could feel the effects of Midway dying in that game in the creation of that game and that as a hail mary. This was in development before a lot of the bankruptcy stuff and more of. The bankruptcy more affected what happened afterwards mm-hmm. for this game. Uh, things like, uh, as I said, the canceled sequel. Things like there was an actual movie in development based off of it. Uh, Which I think also had Vin Diesel and Chow Yun-Fat attached. I, nice. I think it had it had Chow Yun-Fat attached and it was going to be directed by a Hong Kong director. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. No, I think... Because I think Vin Diesel was going to get a movie based off Wheelman as well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was going to be based on it, and uh, Stephen Fung, the H- Hong Kong action director, was going to direct it, and it was supposed to have about $20 million budget, and then they're like, it's an a- it's coming, and then they never an- said anything else about it ever again. Wow. <laughs> uh, and so the assumption... I, it's it's still out so, there. I, pr- I so it's The assumption is the Midway bankruptcy out. killed it. Uh, so problem. it's it's yeah. the Splinter Cell movie thing, mm. where they put a trailer for the Splinter Cell movie on, like, Pandora tomorrow, I think. And it's like, you won't know the full story till you see the movie. And then the movie never came out. So it's like, well, so shit. Yeah, well, shit. Yeah, we'll, yeah, never, right. we'll never know the full story. Talk about a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think recently, at least the last, especially coming off of we just played uh, 
Battle Toads versus Double Dragon, and mm-hmm. then this that like we we kind of hit a oh yeah let's play fun as hell games right here. ASL uh, action games uh, uh, on this. I think probably of the three, I probably am probably the lowest of loving this game. Uh, I still really enjoyed this game, but there were just some things that held back me from really really getting into it. You know, having fun, running around, do all the things. I got lost so many times. Especially in that second level where you're doing the, the, the drug run. Yeah, yeah, let's let's get that out of the way now. The second... I love this game. It does not make a great first impression. It makes a good one because mm-hmm. the first level is First level is first, first first really fun. The second level is the worst one in the entire game. Yes. So uh, And I, I eventually would move on and do some chapter select and play through a lot of it. But yeah, the second level, I got lost a lot. Uh, and I think this game just needed a couple little UI fixes, a little bit of things. I, I would have liked a mini-map. Just, just a mini-map. Yeah, I, I don't think a mini-map is necessary for the rest of the game. Because of my... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you got that lost. I know you said you got lost a lot. I did several other times. I would, uh, for me, personally, I would have liked a mini-map. That, that's fair. It's just... I. Or an accessible re- map that I could just click a look and go yeah, look at and say like that's look at kinda, things. Kind of like what Doom 2016 would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just most of the games are arena based, mm-hmm. so it's kind of you go into one arena, move on to another. So yeah, uh, that's fair. And sometimes the objectives were not super clear what you're supposed to be doing on certain things. That these are just little things that I'm just like you know it'd be like oh that character's telling me what to do over here and I did not pay attention very well. <laughs> so. So, I, I sometimes so, don't have the attention span. So, so to fix the game, Sean's like, make me less of a dumbass. I mean, sometimes no, I, just I, better subtitles or just an objective map, a, a mini map, just something that lets me keep on task because sometimes I'm doing, I'm multitasking. And in video right. games, a lot of times I'm, you know, I have to do two or three things at the same time. And sometimes I'm missing some of it and it's like, oh, I need to go back and look at my map and see where I'm at or look at these other things. Here's why I play so many RPGs, because I can slow back and look at things, and I can take my time and do things. Right. So, funny funny thing about that that second level. So, the way it opens up is that you're, you're in, like, kind of like a marina town type thing, and the objective is you're supposed to be uh, uh, destroying drug tables as you're, going, as you're going through the level. I somehow missed that memo completely, mm-hmm. and was just kind of running through... And shooting everybody, not even bothering with the uh, with the drug table thing, and I got all the I got all the way uh, I shot everybody, and then I got to the end. It was like uh, you need to shoot all the drug tables before you leave. So I had to go back, and it was completely dead. There was nobody there yeah. because, I, because I killed everybody, and it was com- it was completely silent. I had to go back and shoot all the drug tables. Like oh, fine. so you and I kind of did the same thing. You and I kind of did the same thing. <laughs> Uh, it's it, it, it's kind of just not super clear, and that's where whether it's an objective table or a mini uh, mini map or a map that just says these are some you know it doesn't have to point me I, I don't need my hand held the entire way like I, I I'm not that dumb but like right. there is just a little bit of like what am I missing like what what am I you know all right go you have to do these things there's just a little bit of like basic hand holding that I just think. I would have liked a little bit more in this, but also I think they are. I don't think it's it's going to hold back from the game being good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's just one of those things. Is like, oh, you have to like understand these things and, and then move forward uh, because they they are really really trying for a cinematic experience here. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why they cut some or didn't in, develop some of the uh, uh, things that we were more accustomed to in these right. sort of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of get where you're coming from. I it's it's it is that second level. That second level just. The entire game, you're supposed to have this high adrenaline feel. You know, you're bursting through. You're you're jumping on sliding tables, blowing people away with dual handguns. You pull out the shotgun, slide on the table, blow someone away, and then roll, blow someone else away. Right. But that second level, because it has that objective, the only objective yeah. in the game that's not kill everything, <laughs> that uh, it brings the game to a screeching halt in the second. I, it's 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 very similar to like, I know this is going to be kind of a weird pull, but bear with me on this. It's a lot like playing the first Sonic game, when you're in Green Green Hills no, and, you're, exactly and you're running and you're running through everything, and it's a great time, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm this game this game is fantastic. I can't wait to see what comes next. And then you go into Marble Zone, 
and it's it, and everything comes to a screeching halt, and you have to stand on the blocks and wait for them to move slowly above the lava, and you're like, what happened? That's kind of, that's a little bit what this game. It's yeah, not as egregious. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere near as egregious as Marvel's own, but it's I'd, it's a little bit like that. I'd argue it is, but only mm. because that only because that first level is such a good opening. It's such that's a right. it's and, such an immediate like you're immediately. I'm in. I'm in a John Woo film, like immediately, mm-hmm. which is weird. Like, I wonder what some of the development went behind try, when they just were making the second level, or they were like, "Well, we have this story point." Who was like, "Well, we need to destroy these drug tables. That needs to be the thing. Yeah, we're not going to bring this up ever again or do these things ever again. But this level, we need to do that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. You know, we talked about how much this is a John Woo movie. The second level is like if they if right after one of the big shootouts in face off Nick Cage and John Travolta had a bake off <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where it's like it's so out of nowhere and it goes against the rest of the movie that it's like yeah or the rest of the game where it's like I don't I don't quite get what you were thinking but then the game gets back on track with the third level and if 6 out of the 7 levels are good the game's good yeah right so and, it's just and simple you know that, and shit. And, uh, <laughs> And even even with that second level though, it still didn't it still didn't detract it from me. This is I think probably the first the first game that we played where like I I want to play this game again. Hmm. It sucks that I've tried looking. Apparently, it's not backwards compatible on the Xbox One, so I'm gonna have to yeah. buy a 360 again or a PS3 so that I can keep playing this game. Or a PC. They released uh, a, a new Windows version in ninety in 2019. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a uh, good old games. That's what it's available on. Which all right. That's... Uh, interestingly, uh, all right. I'll drop a I'll drop a whole grand on a gaming PC just to play Stranglehold. To, to to kind of lean back into like the controls. I think the simplicity of the controls really helped for this. Absolutely. Part of me wants to go back and would have, I think, if I would like to play it on a 360 because it was developed for the Xbox. And then it was, because uh, it said the PS, the Xbox came out at the beginning of September. Then they released a window, a PC version. And then late October is when the PS3 version came out. So this was a an Xbox game. And I, I kind of want to, play with the xbox controller specifically the 360 controller to see uh, uh kind of how that if it, that, that controls any differently because i think the simplicity of these controls really would fit in a 360 controller and the and the interesting thing about the about the controls and this isn't like this isn't like a major deal breaker or anything for me it's just something i would have done differently uh so in in any in any type of shooter game you play you would absolutely expect l2 to be the the button that fires the gun, right? It isn't. That's what goes into bullet time. So there were so many times while I was playing, especially at first where I kept going in and out of bullet mm-hmm. time, and I was like, why aren't I shooting? It's because that it's because R1 is the, is the button yeah, to shoot, they and did. R2 is but Which is I wonder time. if that stays the same on the 360 with the triggers. That's going to be... See, I, yeah. and if, if I were making this, I would do the obvious thing, and I would change both. I would I would flip the, the two around. And even, and even you know... If you play, if you played a first-person shooter with PlayStation controls, they're they're re- they're really not as as they don't really feel near as good mm-hmm. as they do with 360. Oh, absolutely. The the the, Xbox, the triggers on 360 feel so much better, at least in my opinion. The shooters didn't start really feeling good on so the PlayStation systems till the four. Yeah. When they gave weight to that controller, the PlayStation yeah, 4 yeah, controller, yeah, yeah. that's when that you could start playing shooters on it a little better. But Xbox, Xbox, and then 360. They they were like because they knew especially with Halo on the Xbox and what mm-hmm. you know within Halo mm-hmm. Three on the Xbox 360 that that was their console seller. They knew that these controllers have to fit for this type of game because we know right. what people are going to be coming for this game, uh, for the for this console. So like yeah, uh, and so I'd be I would be interested to play it on the 360 just to know what the control setup I w- I feels will, like. I will say the I I agree. I think R2 should be the shoot button. I think I know why they didn't do it. Because Uncharted came out. Mm. Or Uncharted was in the development at the same time as this. And guess what the shoot button is in that game? That's right, R1. I, there are a lot of... Uh, I a feel lot of third-person like, shooters yeah, do Yeah, because I, I think OG Battlefront on like the PlayStation uh, 2, Battlefront and Battlefront 2, I think were R1 shoot buttons as well. I think you're right. So I think there was something with the PlayStation that a lot of them, they'd done that. Done that. I don't know if they then did it as well for the 360, but yeah... Now that I think about it, there have been a lot of like R one shoot. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's mainly third person shooters. It's, yeah, I was gonna say it's mainly third person shooters, mm-hmm. which is a weird trend, but yeah, a little bit. 
But it's still, again, I think the controls were pretty good overall for this game, though. Like, mm. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of complaints. I actually really liked the camera in this game. Yes. Uh, it, it felt... It felt good. Like there, there was very little times where I was like, I, I, there was basically no time where I was like, the camera is an issue here. The ga- the, ga- the gameplay in general, uh, as, as, the, in that th- that first level especially, it kind of reminded me of like a uh, kind of like a three three uh, D version of my friend Pedro. I don't know if you guys have, play- have played that. I yet. have played through it like twice. So okay, so <laughs> it it it, it kind of reminded me of that with the dual wielding pistols and moving or like having to move around and. and and shoot, it felt it felt like a 3D My Friend Pedro, and that game is a blast too. So, and that by proxy makes it makes this game absolute fun. My favorite thing in this game, and it, it's kind of dumb, but it's also like, is when you have your dual wielding and you grind down a rail, a long rail, and I'm just like, where's City Escape? Why is City Escape not playing here? Why are we not <laughs> just blasting? Just sitting on your two guns like, <laughs> like it, it felt, I think I, I joked that with Thomas, and Thomas was like, why wasn't the Shadow of the Hedgehog game this way? That there made was, it good. <laughs> there was gen- I genuinely, the first time I saw this game, I was like, shit. Shadow of the Hedgehog played like this, I would actually like this is it. What, this is what Shadow of the Hedgehog should have been. Um... I, I will also say one of my favorite little details about this game is at the end of every level, you get a money. You get money. You get a money. Well, you get a money total. Mm. That is how much damage you did. Wow. Because that's <laughs> just how much like collateral damage you can do in these fights. That's really and funny. And why my favorite level in the entire game is the fifth one. I don't know if either of you guys got to I didn't it. Yeah, I, I, I played... I played that way. Yeah. I played. I played the. I think I did at least try almost all of them. I don't think I played the last one. I didn't get. I've, I didn't get that. I've far beaten. I, I've been. I'm the one here who's beaten the game. Uh, the fifth level is the Chicago History Museum. Oh, so just imagine no. the total. Oh, I mean, it's like fifteen no. million dollars oh, if you restrain yourself. Oh, and you're it's screwed. So, it's so funny, but it's also badass because you can literally like pull a Flintstones and yabba dabba do your ass down a dinosaur skeleton. But it's if Fred Flintstone was fucking packing. So. You're going. You're sliding down the dinosaur skull, and it does those like classic. Yeah, it's, a, it's, that, the, it's the xylophone sound. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what we're discovering here is that we would play a third-person Flintstone shooter, except it doesn't have guns because it's the Stone Age. So you just throw rocks at people. No, they're still guns, but they're launching. They have like a little like. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a slingshot or whatever. <laughs> like it's like it's like one of those like uh, uh, crossbow those type things, but guns. like yeah, it's a rubber band, but it has a rock and it's like. Whing! <laughs> uh, but I think it's pretty clear that we all really enjoyed this game, yes. and so like you can see why uh, this was a well reviewed game. Uh, I hadn't looked up the reviews until uh, recently, and I, kind of after playing, I was like. I kind of feel like this game is probably was slept on in reviews. No, no, eight out of ten is its average score. Damn, that, that's that's honestly fair. Yeah. I mean, like that a is, seven and a half, eight is a, yeah, is that's, a perfect score for this. That's about where I'd put it. Is about an eight because yeah. it does have problems. And I'm not going to act like it does, but the fun just outweighs them. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. And across the board, it it, it it doesn't really change from version to version. All three of them have the exact same aggregate score on Metacritic. So like, this is just. It's a well-reviewed, well-liked game, and a, a phrase that we like to say a lot when we do uh, What the Bleep Are You Watching uh, over on our Patreon is when we're talking about a movie, the money's on the screen. Yes. This is a game where you can see where they spent, and look, apparently this this game cost $30 million to make, so... Oh, <laughs> um, which does not surprise me. So, like, it is a... It, it, but you can tell... You can tell that they invested a lot in it. Maybe this is the game that bankrupt Midway. Like, <laughs> you know what? Uh, it, it might have been. It was honestly probably a contributing factor because I don't think this game sold that well. It sold fine, and it had multiple editions. They had big collector's edition. They re-released it several times. Man, uh, that is the one thing I wish I got with this game. I wish I got the collector's edition because the collector's edition comes with a copy of Hard Boiled. Yep, that's amazing. <laughs> 
which is a movie I need to own because I love that movie. But every time I look it up, it's like, oh, that's $300. The game also had DLC (laughs) that was brought down onto it. Uh, The multiplayer got multiple extra maps. Like, this this game got a lot of treatment. It's a multiplayer? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the servers were shut down. Not yeah, I bring oh, it it's online. An, oh, it's like an online multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. there were like they added a bunch of uh, more skins uh, for the characters. Like they just they had a lot of post game stuff added to it as well. Which at the time their w- DLC was not as common as it is now. Uh, so like it was you, you knew a game was liked by the company when they were putting more stuff out <laughs> for it, right? Or that it was selling well enough. This game clearly, as I said, it's not perfect. It's got it's got flaws, things that hold me back from really, really loving it. <clears throat> but this game really gets fun video games. Like it yeah, really gets absolutely. this style. It it kind of doesn't take itself too seriously, which mm-hmm. really works for it. Because that that sometimes could be the problem in some of these style games. Where they're like, we're just going to be so serious. But then there's this goofy thing happening and you're like, but we're serious. In this game, it is okay being weird and silly. Which very much fits John Woo's style for yeah, things. It, 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 it honestly feels a lot like like uh, some of these action some of these action movies it kind of it's kind of like watching uh like a fast and furious movie you know it's not perfect but you're going to watch the other one and you're probably going to watch this one five times after it the uh the biggest negative review that it got over its time was that people said a it's short you know you can beat it in mm-hmm. 5 to 7 hours is the average gameplay and also it's repetitive but i think one thing i can say I don't think repetitive gameplay is a bad thing. Yeah, if Especially it, if, if your gameplay is fun. We said this in the Sneak King episode. If your gameplay is fun, yeah, you want some differentiation. But if your differentiation is blow up drug tables, maybe you just keep doing the same thing. Right. If, you, if your game does one thing well, then what, what's wrong with doing that one thing multiple times? Well, I feel like if, if these people were the, were the same people who reviewed the first Mario game, well, it's no good. You keep jumping all the time. It's repetitive. That's the thing they do well. And I think... Repetitive work is fine when it's a fun thing to do. Right. When, yeah. You know, repetitive becomes an issue for me when it's like, okay. When it's already not fun to do the first it's time. It's not even that. It's like, okay, I can get bored of it easily. I don't think you can ever get bored of bullet time. If you get bored of bullet no. time, maybe I don't think you're, I, I'm not going to like you as a person. There's also just so many cool ass things you can do in this game. Like one of my favorite things to do was in the third level. You're in this big ass mansion, I believe. And... There are multiple levels, so one of my favorite things to do was you jump on the rail and you can walk around and shoot, but then you see a chandelier dangling there and you're like, I can jump on that. So you jump on it and dang- and swing from the chandelier while you have a fucking SMG in your hand, the f- just turning people below you. The into fact that environments were such blood. a big part of doing crazy things in this. Uh, and sometimes you're like, wow, uh, like some of like the buildings and things are just kind of bland put in there but man the most of the environments you're like can i jump off that <laughs> can i climb that can i do something off that i can i'm gonna do that and there's also this game was made for trailers and i don't oh, say that as a bad much. thing it's like i want to look up some of the trailers and just see what was in there because there's so many like things where i'm playing the game I'm like well that's a trailer shot like that's a yeah like at one point, I'm playing as Tequila, and he, like, runs up the wall, jumps off it, and then goes into bullet time while he's shooting people. I'm like, there's a trailer shot. Uh, there's one shot where two pistols are up to his head, and the pillar he's hiding behind is just getting blasted away by the bullets. And it's like, there's a trailer shot. Like, there's, that, there's that one shot in the in the first level where he, like, shoots a perfect pattern around the guy behind the table and then shoots him in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, phys- physically impossible, still really badass. Yeah. Well, that's Inspector Tequila's thing. Does any of it make sense? No. But is it cool as fuck? He yeah. defies yes. physics. Or like the, uh, the, the zip line when he's, when he's going down yeah, the, zip the zip line zip. and shooting people. That's definitely a trailer thing. And also, like Mason brought up, the whole, you know, you there's these things called like tequila events, I believe. Yes. Where you push a button on the D-pad and you can do it. If you push the... If you push the left button, it heals. 
which helps a lot because I get carried away a lot in this game. And I'm oh, like, man. oh, it's, there's oh, man. 75% of my health gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not just heals. Too. It also gives you like adrenaline boost and like you can do more things. It's like, it's basically he's like hitting him with an EpiPen. He's like, eh, 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 body keep going. Yeah, <laughs> right, then, right. then there's the up button, which like Mason said, tequila pulls out a pistol, shoots, and you follow the bullet. And whenever so you cool. like get some motherfucker in the eye and he just spins around blood pouring out of it and maybe i'm a psychopath but i'm like damn that's satisfying it's like it's 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 not as detailed as i would like because it's really detailed in the sniper elite games where you like see the x-ray of it going through mm-hmm. the bones so it's not as detailed it's still really fun though yeah. and i really like it then there you press the right button and tequila pulls the badass reload of seven million bullets where you can just go ham you just keep continuously shooting but, and it doesn't affect your ammo count, which nope. I really appreciated. And my favorite one is the down. I don't know. Did you get to I that? didn't get to that, no. That's the John Woo shot. You press down. He pulls out. He uses the weapon he has. I usually tried to do it with dual pistols. He spins around on the ground while doves come out. And he just starts <laughs> shooting. And he wipes everyone out. It's like the nuke. It's the new thing. Pretty much. Duty. Yeah, but he, he just wipes everyone out. He just starts blowing them away. And it cuts, and you see bullets like go into some guy, but go into another one. Cuts back to tequila spinning. And it's like, That's amazing. <laughs> one of, this one, game's fun. One of my favorite things to do with the uh, the uh, the sniper mode thing is that every every time I used it, and I tried to use it a lot, I would always aim for the crotch. Yeah. That is yeah, always what right. I would do. Yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. You could... It was one time there was uh, I was it was the the second level when you're going through like the canyon area and there's like a sniper on top of the roof and I got uh, and I used the sniper thing I got him in the I got him in the crotch and then he fell off the side. <laughs> See when I when I was playing the canyon I was just kind of walking through because you know you got to be an action hero do a badass action hero walk so they shot the sniper at me. But it missed. So I slowly look up to see the guy cocking again. Then I did my sniper mode and just bam right in the head. <laughs> there was I, I remember there was uh, there was also one point that I was I was uh, uh, going through the canyon part and there's that one part where they have that blockade thing mm-hmm. and what you're supposed to do is shoot the posts that are next to it to make the rocks fall down and kill everybody there. I didn't know that the first time, so I'm just sitting there trying to shoot everybody in this blockade, and met, and people just kept coming and coming and coming, and I'm like, there are so many people here, and eventually, eventually, I died and came back, and I was like, it, I spent, I must have spent like a good five minutes in that area, but then when I eventually died and came back, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I felt like an idiot at that point. <laughs> it was still really cool though. But, yeah, yeah this game is cool. This game is fun. This game, uh. This game makes me want to buy a 360 now. I mean, that's probably the best selling point anyone can have. Mason wants to spend all their money on a 360. <laughs> I, want to, I, I want to have a 360 again so I can play b- this game. Before this podcast, Mason was bemoaning not having the most modern Xbox and was like, I don't need that anymore. I need I see, retro. I just need this one so that I can just play this one game for the rest of my life. <laughs> but yeah, that is John Woo Presents Stranglehold. Is the full title of the game. <laughs> and on this podcast, we like to ask two important questions of every game that we play. The first one is, how does this game hold up? So the, this is this is one of those games that we've played. We've played a couple that are that are uh, that are like this. I think SA Two comes immediately to mind, where it's not where like it it hasn't really aged the best control or visualize visual visual wise. <laughs> But it's so damn fun that I don't care. That's fair. For me, I think it holds up incredibly well. Uh, because having, I think even more so, you know, a lot of play, having grown through the PlayStation 3 era and the amount of mediocre third person action shooter games that came out with bad cameras, bad controls, uh, that just haven't held up. Uh, <laughs> this game. Yeah, it has some things that you're like, okay, the graphics maybe have aged a little bit. Okay, the controls aren't what I would like, you know, at times. But comparatively, and in its era, this game holds up so incredibly well around a lot of games. Like, have you tried to go back and play the original Uncharted? (laughs) Hey, anyone remember Hunted the Demon's Forge? No, of course you don't. Uh, (laughs) Another, you know, and I know a little bit different before, but like Heavenly Sword, you know, things like that that are, are just are the controls... 
especially in cameras, don't hold up in a lot of the third-person games. This game, both of those things, yeah, there's a little bit of flaw in the controls, but the camera, I had, it, it's rare to come on here and have a mid-2000s game that we, I don't have anything negative to say about the camera. I did, Yeah, the camera was great. It, so, like, I, that, that, looking at this game, I'm like, it holds up incredibly well because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I said, there are things that could hold it back from it, because, it, but it's, as you said, it's super fun, so you can ignore those. But compared to its peers... This is one of the better held up PS3 like third person games I've seen. I think the I think the really the only thing that I can think of other than like visually and a couple of things with the controls that make it so that it doesn't really age that it that it's it not no it it ages the game not but not in a bad way. It's just like something that's like oh this is a game of its type is that it is a John Woo game mm-hmm. and the John the John Woo style is very much like 90s, 90s, early 2000s. You don't really see that style done a lot anymore. Until so. the John Woo comeback until the John, Until the John Woo comeback happens. Stranglehold 2, baby! <laughs> Stranglehold 2, the strangling. Silent Night 2 will be the first movie to make a Silent dollars. <laughs> si- Silent Night Supremacy. Silent Night Supremacy, exactly. <laughs> That's what the movie's called, because it's a Christmas movie. And no one talks, so it's Silent Night. I get it. Ah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I, I think the game holds up fantastically. I'm not yeah. going to say it's perfect by any means, but it wasn't perfect when it came out. And yeah. I yeah, I think this game is stupendous. I love the shit out of this game. There's a word people don't use enough anymore, stupendous. I like stupendous. Anyway, Look, because then you word. start stupid. <laughs> uh, but no, it, Stupidness. I think... I'll say pleasantly surprised how well yes. this game held up. Yes, I think absolutely. that's the thing across the board. Like I know Thomas was excited for this game, but I think there's probably a little bit of cautiousness of like, oh god, are these guys gonna hate me for picking this game? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, this this isn't this isn't beat down. <laughs> this is this is probably the exact opposite of beat down. Yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah. Our second question that we ask on this podcast. Would you like to see a remake or a reimagining of this game in a modern setting? One million percent. Maybe not like maybe not a like a like a sequel or a complete reboot or anything, but like a, a like um I'm trying to think of the like a remaster, like a some like a remastering of this game for modern consoles. I would buy that shit in a heartbeat. Like Shadow Man remastered or yeah. something. Yeah, something like, that. like yeah, where you completely from the ground up make it for. Uh, for modern consoles, I, I said would, I would absolutely. Buy I don't even think you got it from the ground up. I just think a solid little HD remaster would be just fine. Honestly, like, that yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I would absolutely buy. Like that just up the graphics a little bit because of that. Do a little work on that. Maybe in that you can tighten the controls just a tiny bit in it. Right. But overall, no. A, a, a remaster of this game just appearing where you're not really changing a whole lot uh, in it. You're just playing it. Maybe you've added a few extra multiplayer stuff. You bring back right. the. Uh, Stuff like those things, but yeah, a remaster of this game, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, one million. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't think I need a ground up remake, but a solid HD remaster. Look, I'd pay like twenty bucks for that shit. Yeah, like yeah, I'd pay probably even more to be honest. Oh, 100%. oh, I, oh absolutely. I, I will also say, this is kind of going to be a different answer to this. Modern gaming, I want more games like this. Yes. I want more bullet time, linear third person shooters. Yes, we. I don't mean to sound like a curmudgeon, but nowadays third-person shooters we get are usually like they're open world or they're, everything is open they're, world. They're looter shooters, and looter shooters can be fun, but like uh, you know, there's always that thing where we don't get a lot of linear, just action games anymore. And I think doing something like that and doing it with this bullet time, fuck, Sean made it as a joke earlier. Do stranglehold too, like do stranglehold for the PS5 or something like that. Just more games like this is kind of what that's why one of, one of my favorite games was last from last year was evil west and it's a linear action game and that's kind of just all i need you know yeah absolutely i, absolutely. I think in this day and age unfortunately linear is seen too often as a bad thing and which is dumb video games are yeah, are a stupid. form of art and storytelling <laughs> there's nothing wrong with open world there's nothing wrong with exploring and doing it your own way and things like that no, absolutely. but the important thing is that uh these games are stories being told and sometimes you just want to go through a story and play it you know and so there's nothing wrong with them 
it's I'm like, well, they're just holding your hand. You're just going down hallways, you know, all these different lanes. It's just, you know, the the, the complaint of uh, uh, a lot of the, you know, PS3 or even a little before Final Fantasy games where you're, it's just hallway the game, you know. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're being your hand held. But you're experiencing stories, and this game is really a story. Like, yeah, the gameplay is a little repetitive, but that's perfectly fine. It's just because it, they're trying to tell a fun John Woo-esque story. And it works. One of, one of my favorite things about this story is that you're really just kind of a cop doing cop things. Like there's nothing really spectacular going on, but it's but it it's shown in such a spectacular yeah, way it, that it's, it's like it's also a really weird thing to bring up. The cinematography in these cutscenes is really good. Really good. Like, it is one of my favorite uh, shots in all of gaming is actually in this game where you pick up the badge of a dead police officer and. Inspector Tequila's eyes go wide, and it shows it through the hole. Like the camera goes through the hole of the bag. Wow! And it's like shit. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just. I think too often linear is perceived as negative instead of just another way to tell stories in games. And yeah, if a game's already not good, linear or non-linear is not going to change that. Same thing if a game is fun and great. Linear or non-linear is not going to change that. And I think that's the problem is people just want one style of game. And I think there's always room for lots of different ways to yes. tell the stories. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, I think it, it would get too pigeonholed into one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this game being, yeah, it's short. It's five to seven hours and it's linear. That's okay. That is, I just yeah, want to awesome. go bullet time and get rid of some bad guys. And I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Hit the nail on the head. What do you guys think? What do you think of arguably our most glowing episode? <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys uh, do you guys like this game? Uh, or maybe what's your favorite John Woo film? Well, you can tell us by sending us an email to bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. That's bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it here on air. Or, you know, if you want to tell us what to play or what to watch, you can do that. By subscribing to our Super Bleephead tier on Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash WhatTheBleep. Hey, you can $15 a month and you can tell us what to play or watch. And we will play or watch it as long as it doesn't break the bank. And with that, we'll be back next time with some punch-a-punch-a talk. I liked it.